It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Great form by you hitting play on this podcast. Now, check out Same Racer, the brand new racing app for Same Race multi-tips. Same Racer. Download from the App Store and Google Play. Powered by Bluebet. Gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858. For logbook servicing you can rely on, you need to make the right choice. You need trained professionals who are fully qualified to service your car according to manufacturer's specifications. For real peace of mind and a nationwide warranty, book in or book online at repcoservice.com. The panel. Talk to me, yeah. 10.23 here on SENZ. Uh, mornings with Ian Smith. Smithy uh, away at the uh, World Cup. So Ricardo in for him. Uh, final score, Manchester United 2, Spurs 0. Uh, that is now logged in the books as well. So the third place team dropping points this morning. Time for the panel though. Ben Strang is with us from RNZ. G'day Ben, how are you mate? Not too bad, mate. Yourself? Yeah, good, thank you. And also joining us on the panel today, uh, David Long from stuff.co.nz. How are you going, David? Oh, yeah, good. Thanks, Ricardo. It's a story, good. mate. Uh, gentlemen, uh, there was, I was read, a, read a story on spin-off, actually, that Madeline Chapman wrote uh, just the other day, uh, suggesting that maybe New Zealand rugby and the All Blacks themselves don't realise that there is a World Cup on in our backyard. Um, be interested to get your thoughts on that, Ben, because it feels like you can't miss it everywhere you look. Uh, there are billboards, there are ads, there are people talking about it. It's in all the papers. Um, maybe NZR and the All Blacks do know it's going on. Well, you'd hope you'd hope they um, do, don't you? <laughs> wouldn't you? But uh, I mean, I, I get the I get the idea of the article. It's um, New Zealand rugby so solely focused, it seems, on the All Blacks brand that they have the Black Ferns or the Home World Cup, and they almost seem to forget about it. It, it doesn't sort of surprise me at all that New Zealand rugby haven't possibly been, you know, as vocal as as out there about the World Cup as they could have been. This is, you know, a longer term position from NZ Rugby, isn't it? I mean, uh, only recently did they start actually selling Black Ferns merchandise, for instance. By comparison, you could go to an A-League women's game and, and, and get Wellington Phoenix gear. You could uh, you could go to, heck, you could go to the Wellington Blaze cricket games and get any gear you wanted, that sort of stuff. So NZ Rugby hasn't necessarily been the best at supporting women's rugby and, and maybe that's not the case for the Home World Cup. David, I don't know about you, uh, uh, if you've had a chance to look at this, but one of the things that Madeline did point out is, you know, you, you tend to go to, you know, so the WNBA, she pointed out, uh, and there's always cutaway shots to NBA players in the stands supporting the women's game, and one of the things she's asked is, you know, where are the All Blacks? We haven't really seen any at these games. Is, is that much of an issue for you? I, I don't really think so. I mean, if if they do go along, that, uh, that's nice. But um, I don't really think it's a biggie. I don't really um, get the, the problem with it. I, I, um, uh, really, I think I think one of the issues though with the, the women's World Cup is that it's only games on Saturday and Sunday, and so we lose all momentum. And I think we do lose a lot of focus about the the, the World Cup during the week. Uh, you know, if you look at the FIFA Football World Cup and the Rugby League World Cup, which is going at the, at the moment. You get games on every day, so you sort of embrace the whole tournament for the for the length of it. But it's the sort of the, the stop start nature of of this tournament means that you you know you sort of get overloaded on it on Saturday and Sunday, and then you it's, um, 
you sort of forget about it during the week, which I don't think is is a really great for sort of um you know building up a, a, a sort of um, excitement about the tournament. Yeah, I mean, and the thing that has I, I probably stood out to me most of all is the uh, how open and how well uh, the Black Ferns speak, um, probably more so than their male counterparts. But we probably could see more of that and more of them. And I guess one of the other things that Madeline, uh, you know, sort of pointed out is that we even haven't even seen, uh, seen social media posts coming out from uh, you know official All Black player accounts. On it uh, once again. I mean, that's that's a personal thing. I don't I I, I don't know that um, we that they have to be invested. But I would have thought, from a PR point of view, it would have been something New Zealand rugby would have pushed Ben. Yeah, I would have thought so too. Uh, I mean, in in some ways, I think this sort of hands offish approach from NZR has helped to make the Black Ferns players um, such great personalities for them to speak so well in the media. Um, the All Blacks is such a um, you know, uh, it's it's just this sort of media PR train that that rolls around, and the players uh, don't say much. They're they're very much towing the line. Whereas the Black Ferns, they've you know their personalities do shine. They're they're very willing with their time. Uh, the players really seem to enjoy what they're doing and engage with fans when they're there. Uh, it is a shame that. In, in some ways that it is just sort of isolated to Auckland and, and Northland, the tournament, because I certainly would have loved to have gone and watched a game in Wellington, for instance. But um, I, I, I am pleased that they've had uh, very good support from, you know, the uh, you know woman families, uh, that sort of thing, probably people who wouldn't normally go to your average All Blacks game. It's the uh, the interesting thing for me, David, on this, and I, I guess maybe this uh, sort of looks to a, a bigger problem with New Zealand rugby that they've had in the past. Is do you remember International Women's Day last time out that they recognised uh, the way they recognised that on social media was by talking about the mothers of the All Blacks, uh, but actually didn't do anything about the Black Ferns or use any of the Black Ferns in any of their posts, which was uh, was an interesting way to go about it. And then some of the players that they did use on that front uh, were guys who have got, you know, history of domestic uh, uh, disturbance issues. So, I mean, it, they are a bit tone deaf, aren't they, NZR, at the moment? Yeah, they did. I mean, that was a big mistake. And, and to credit to them, they did put their hands up and afterwards admit they, admit they got that, um, that very wrong. Um but I think it's, yeah, I mean, maybe it's, if you look at this World Cup, I think it's maybe the public are leading the way in terms of their support for it more so than, than what the New Zealand rugby are doing. Because, it, um, you know, if you look at some of the, the scenes that there have been for the games, you know, it's, it's been um, it's been refreshing to see, you know, the type of people that have been going along to it, a lot of the younger people, a lot of the girls, um, and to see, to see them get involved in rugby when they perhaps they wouldn't go to all black games because, a the price of it, and and B because it's it's a very sort of different atmosphere there. Um, but you know, I, I do think I do sort of think, even though as has been pointed out, it's it's a real shame that the tournament is only in Auckland and Northland. You know, I do hope there's still a possibility that it can leave a legacy for, for women's women's rugby in this country afterwards. Yeah, yeah, no, that's that's a really good point, and I mean that's another discussion again because uh, I believe uh, when asked about it, uh, was said that they did it because of COVID, and that way that they could uh, actually you know contain things if there was now another outbreak. Um, that was the official line, and then someone pointed out that the bid was made in 2018 uh, before COVID, so I don't know where where that lands. Uh, but yeah, and nicely done, New Zealand rugby. It is half past ten here on SENZ mornings with Ian Smith. This is the panel. We'll continue. Continue it after the latest in news and sport with Aroha. The panel.
28 away from 11. Uh, David along with us on the panel, as is Ben Strang. Uh, David, uh, let's start with you, mate. The, the um, Sean Stevenson story that came out a couple of weeks ago about the uh, Redcliffe Dolphins move, um, it looks like that is on hold. I have heard uh, via um, Katie Brown out of Australia that uh, he has one year left on his deal with New Zealand Rugby and that uh, the Dolphins are confident that he will sign for them in 2024. Uh, the fact that he wasn't named in the All Blacks 15 squad or the All Blacks squad probably means that that is going to happen. But do you think that's he's going to be the first of a few? Do you think we're going to see a bit of an exodus after 2023 in the World Cup? Uh, well, might but I don't know if we're going to see them go to NRL. I mean, that's, I, I think it's, Sean, it's a different case for Sean, but, you know, the way we always hear uh, names thrown up about players looking to go to the NRL, um, and then not long afterwards they sign a bigger contract with New Zealand Rugby. You know, um, but I think his, his case is a bit different. I mean, Sean's definitely got the skill set to, to be a, a very good um, player in the NRL. You can see him probably in that fullback pretty well. Um but uh, as to what he does in the future, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm really not sure. But um, the fact that the Dolphins um, are interested in him is a positive sign. And I know that that comes from Peter O'Sullivan, who's their recruitment manager, who who was at the Warriors for a few years, and and you know, I know he did spend time sort of looking at players in rugby to see whether which ones would be good at coming across. And he's and clearly, Sean um, was one that he. he you know, this from, during that time. Yeah, I mean, he certainly didn't... Uh, he's, he's not a bloke that I think a lot of people involved with the Warriors were sad to see go, but you can't... Uh, you can't you, he, he does... Uh, he is good at his job, even managing to get his son-in-law plenty of gigs, David. Um, ben, I don't know if you caught the top of that, but uh, Sean Stevenson. Uh, looks like he's going to stay with the Chiefs for one more year, which Clayton McMillan is happy about. Uh, he's got one year left on his deal with New Zealand Rugby. Could be a Dolphin after that. Do you, do you think we're going to see much of an exodus after the World Cup in 2023? Do you think he'll be one of many going? Uh, certainly people will go. I don't know if it'll be an exodus at this point, but it wouldn't surprise me if in the future we do see a bit of an exodus. I mean, he's, what, 26? and um, so, so he hasn't had the opportunities in New Zealand that he wanted. So you can absolutely understand why he'd be potentially looking at rugby league. Um, as I say, in the, in the longer term, uh, money has to be a, a major factor for these professional athletes. Um, it seems to me that the level of competition in Europe, in particular in rugby, has increased immensely over the previous couple of years. And so why wouldn't you test yourself in what seems to be the premier club competition in the world, get paid more? Um, you know, Even longer term, I, I wholeheartedly believe that there will be a point where New Zealand's best players are all playing for European clubs that... New Zealand rugby will have to change its policy around selecting New Zealand-based players because, you know, the game's been professional for 25 years. It seemed inevitable that where the money is is where it will gravitate at some point. And, and so down the track, I can see that happening. Yeah, does it surprise you that it's taken this long, David, for, for that to happen, that, the, that New Zealand rugby has stuck to their guns this long in the professional environment? Um, no, I don't think so. I think it's something that... Um, um, you're always worried about a big thing about, you know, once you open the door and, and let, let players go, then um, to go do that and stand your blacks, it's, it's, you, you know, you're going you're gonna to damage your own product back in New Zealand, aren't you? Um, uh, you know, we're, we're, one of the things, though, is at the moment, you know, to talk about players going, to, going over to, to Europe, well, I mean, I, I, if, I was play, if I was a player looking at England, I'd be very, very wary about doing that now when you've seen Worcester and Wasps 
they both both um, going to liquidation over the last few weeks. You know, um, you might think you're going to go over there and earn lots of money, but when you've got the uncertainty, and from what I hear, that there's other clubs in England that could be that could be in, in big financial problems and going down the same route soon. You know, maybe it's better to stay in New Zealand and, and earn money rather than take that risk of going to play in England. Yeah, I see Blake Gibson's out of a job and out of out of some coin. Uh, he was he was at Wasps as well. It's a it's a really good point. Uh, we should talk a little bit um, about something that the T Twenty World Cup has thrown up. The Federation of International Cricketers Associations has said it's going to back players who choose to boycott controversial sponsorship engagements. This is off the back, of course. We've also uh, seen the uh, the Diamonds, the Australian netball team. Um, be critical of a sponsor that Australian Netball have got on board as a, a mining sponsor and of course with the FIFA World Cup coming up later this year uh, you know there's a lot of uh, and given where it is in Qatar and their human rights record uh, particularly with uh, the LBG uh, community um, being critical of that and this team saying they're going to wear rainbow armbands and uh, you know the the captains uh, in support of that. Uh, we're seeing a lot more player power, aren't we, at the moment, Ben, in terms of uh, what will and will not be, ex- uh, you know, sort of taken on board uh, from head office, as it were. Absolutely, and I think um, that's fantastic. I think some, sometimes, probably particularly in New Zealand, athletes are a little bit shy about coming out about, you know, political or social issues or anything like that. Compared to, you know, say, American athletes, they're, they're not shy at all about letting people know their views and, and can have some really good positive political or social change come from that. I think if you're looking at the World Cup, Aramco themselves, you know, massive Saudi oil company. Um, I was just reading a piece by Jonathan Liu in The Guardian who says that, um, you know, they're estimated to be responsible for extracting the oil that has produced more than 4% of the world's greenhouse gas emissions since 1965. Um you know, with climate change being such a big issue, I can absolutely understand players wanting to potentially boycott that. They're also making record profits uh, from the Russian invasion of Ukraine. This is not necessarily a company that an athlete whose image is worth so much money to them, uh, worth so much to them, is um, going to want to put their name behind and, and be associated with necessarily. So. We've seen it before with um, certain cricketers, certain athletes taking sort of alcohol sponsorships off jerseys or, or taping over them, that sort of thing. I think that's, um, that's well within their right, and, and I completely understand it. Yeah, D- David, I mean, we, we have seen a little bit of this in the past. Ben brought that up. I remember Sonny Bill Williams um, doing that with a banking sponsor because of his beliefs. Um, he must have, his, his mattress must be must be sitting on quite a lot of money is all I can think but um, you know we, I guess there's got to be a line drawn between what your employers ask you to do and what consciously you, you, you will do yourself That's right I mean you just remember the All Blacks you know there was a lot of, bit of controversy about when they took Ineos on as a sponsor because um, you know some a lot of people are not really happy with the way Ineos go about themselves as a, as a business um, but I think it's again it's it's uh, you know it, it's it's a fine line between sometimes you know are you doing it for the right reasons or are you doing it for um you know i mean you might, i remember in the 1990s i think in indian cricket when the pepsi was sponsoring some some um player of the match awards and some players had their own private deals with coca-cola so they refused to sort of you know get involved with that with the things like that so um uh yeah and and with the political side of it as well i think that's you know, you can sometimes countries might want to do something because they've had a war there and they they object to something. And other countries, you know, don't. I, I, 
it's 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 a grey murky area, and just it's it's just you open it for one and you open it for all. So I'm, I'm a bit con- I don't know how what, what the solution is really, but um, I can understand players being concerned, but you just hope it's for the right reason. Yeah, indeed. And now on the netball, um, David, we, we of course uh, had won f- the first three games of the Constellation Cup here in New Zealand, but we've gone to Australia and uh, got blown out really by the Diamonds uh, in the third game. Um, it seems like, you know, about half the squad got changed out. Dame Nolene looking to try a few things ahead of the world champs. Is, I guess the question is, is the Constellation Cup the time and the place to do it, especially when the series is on the line? Um, I think if you want to do it and you want to test yourself against the the best, and it's okay. I mean, at the end of the year, I mean, at the end of the day, sorry, who, it's a big competition, Constellation Cup, but, you know, it's soon forgotten about who won it each year. Um, it's a shame, I think, that, that there's only, it's, a, it's a best of four series and not a, not a, not playing a fifth one. I understand if Australia win by, they only need to, because they won by 15, they've only got to win this last one to win the series. Um, it would have been nice to have a decider, but um, I think it's good that we're seeing Australia and New Zealand now sort of yeah, the similar level, having decent competitions. We're not seeing sort of, you know, um, well, more associated with Australia, that they're sort of dominating it and, and um, New Zealand's not being in the looking. So I think it's been a very exciting, a very good um, Constellation Cup this year. Yeah, Ben, um, I mean, you know, I, I know that Ian Foster's copped a lot of grief this year, but uh, to, to use it in a rugby uh, format, I suppose, if this was the Bledisloe Cup on the line, would uh, would the All Blacks be making these kind of changes uh, to an All Blacks team um, when, when that was still not uh, locked away in the cupboard, do you think? Possibly not, but I kind of agree with David there that who, who knows who's won previous Constellation Cups? I mean, it's not... Um, you know, I'm sure there's hardcore fans out there who who do, but um, it, it's pretty hard to remember. I think the World Cups are the big ones, the Commonwealth Games titles. I don't think that New Zealand would be chopping and changing in those those massive tournaments. Um, and in regards to the Bleeders Low Cup, perhaps uh, perhaps they could chop and change. It doesn't seem that uh, it matters who we roll out at Eden Park against Australia, and we'll retain the title. So, um, yeah. Yeah, actually, well said. Well said, Ben. I think you've you've, you've captured that quite nicely uh, there, and uh, I'm sure our Australian friends uh, at ECN over over the ditch will be loving that comment. Make sure we clip that one up, uh, Logan. Good stuff, gentlemen. Thanks very much for being on the panel today. Go well and uh, enjoy the rest of your Thursday. Thanks, Ricardo. When making the double chicken deluxe at Macca's, we wanted to improve on the perfect combo of tender Aussie chicken with cheese, tomato, and aioli. So we doubled it: chicken and Macca's together, and loving it. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Available after 10.30am for a limited time only.